You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Okay, welcome to Rotations. My name's John A. Tate, and I've got a guest here today, uh, Tom W. Clark. Welcome, Tom. Hey, John. How you doing? Now, Rotations is the sort of show where um, every week someone who does a show somewhere else gets the opportunity to uh, do a music show on a Sunday. So my normal program is uh, The Sporting Record on a Thursday at 4 o'clock, and we talk sport, maybe play one sporting song if we're lucky. Um, So this is my chance to do some music stuff. And today we're focusing on um, uh, the Hottest 100, and it's a pretty hot day to be focusing on something as hot as the Hottest 100. Isn't it just? My goodness, Melbourne, you've turned it on. (laughs) So we'll explain more about that later. Uh, First of all, we'll we'll do an acknowledgement of country, but I might do it the easy way. 3CR would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nations true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we broadcast. 3CR pays respect to elders past and present of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their unceded sovereignty. And uh, the other bit of housekeeping we need to do is a bit of a language warning. Uh, we're doing Hottest 100 stuff. Uh, a lot of the songs are pretty much out there regarding language. So um, 3CR is a great station in terms of uh, uh, server being quite uh, uh, radical and, and confident with that sort of stuff. But we do need to tell people that some of these songs are going to be pretty out there. Yeah, they'll get you. Anyway, let's start with with some music and then we can get some other things set up. So I've got on the system ready to go, uh, AB Original. Just tell me a little bit of information about that, Tom. 26 January, uh, an absolute cracker, one of the best hip-hop songs that's come out of Australia in maybe ever, uh, and a song that gave rise to one of the Triple J Hottest 100's most controversial decisions. So, But it was a gutsy decision, wasn't it? At the time, absolutely. I think it's still probably considered a gussy decision, given the the discourse we've just gone through over Australia Day once again. Uh, yeah, the decision to change the date of the Hottest 100, very, very controversial. And a lot of people were critical of it, uh, politicians and uh, maybe some shock jocks from stations who would never, ever play AB Original. Absolutely. It uh, it made it to, to national parliament that... Uh, <laughs> that the Hottest 100 was going to change its state. I'm sure Nick Xenophon has, you know, listened to the Hottest 100 religiously until they made that decision. So uh, no wonder it was so high on his agenda. Was Nick critical of it? Oh, would you believe? <laughs> he was indeed. I, I was a member of his party for a year or two. Really? Because I thought he was a, a independent senator, uh, ju- judged uh, issues on their merits and... Uh, and gave people in his party, and I don't think there were many of us, uh, a bit of a say. So that's why I was a member of the Nick Xenophon party. Well, he was very angry. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, he's, uh, he's happily over there in Adelaide now, living a good life. Yes. Yeah. Let's hear the song, and we'll get a few things organised. We've got an hour. Uh, we've got about 13 songs that we think are playing, and we're never going to get that many done. Depends on how much we talk. There it is. You can call it what you want, but it just don't mean a thing. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, homie. You can come and wave your flag, but it don't mean a thing to me. No, it just don't mean a thing. Fuck that, homie. I said, hey, Briggs, pick a date. Okay. You know what? Well, we can celebrate. For sure. But we can come together, yeah. talk about the weather, call that Australia Day. I said, how about March 8th? That's a good one. And we can do it on your nan's grave. Oh, that bitch. We can piss up, piss on the face. <laughs> Get rid of and burn out like Mark Skate. <laughs> the screaming love or the leave it. I got more reason to be a riff. You can believe it. Or salute the constitutional. Who's underneath it? Turn that flag to 
I said celebrate the heretic. Anytime outside Jan 26. That's the day for the suckers doing that sucker shit. That's that land taking flag waving attitude. Got this new captain cook dance to show you how to move. How you wanna raise a flag with a rifle that make us wanna celebrate anything but survival? Nah, you watching telly for the bachelor, but wouldn't read a book about a fuckload of massacres? I remember all the blood of my characters. They remember 20 recipes for lamingtons. Yeah, their ancestors got a boat ride. Both minds saw them coming until they both died. Fuck celebrating days made of misery. Why I still got the black history? And that turtle get you banned from the parliament. If you ain't having a conversation, well then we starting it. issues that still pervade Australian society. And that primary issue is white Australian racism. We've got a clear-cut case here of intentional genocide from the get-go, from the round table in England. The true history in this country isn't told. The government always say that they're committed to a truth-telling process. Well, where is your truth-telling process? I really believe that at the end of the day, the truth will emerge. You can't fight against the truth. It's, it's, a, it's an unstoppable force. It's indestructible. So deal with it. 3CR. Stay tuned. Stay radical. All right. It's John A. Tate here with Rotations, and I've got Tom W. Clark here. Now, what we have in common, Tom is an initial in the middle of our names. That is, and I think it's the only thing we have in common, John. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I, um, my A <clears throat> means nothing. Right. I got that trick off Glenn A. Baker, whose A is nothing. But see, it, it, right at the beginning of his uh, journalist days, people said, oh, Glenn Baker, it's a bit of a dull name. You need to make it more interesting. They said, put an initial in the middle, like A. So he's Glenn A. Baker from ever since. And that's, uh, that's what everyone knows him as. But people ask him, now, what does the A stand for? He says, nothing. Yeah. Or, or he sometimes he says, asshole. But uh, that's just his little joke. So is your W a real W? It is a real W, but for the exact same reason. Boring white guy name. If you Google me, I come up a million times in a million different yes. ways. And uh, I think I know three Tom Clarks yeah. apart from you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just about the most common name you could pick. So W is my actual middle initial, but uh, I should have picked one that was uh, that rolls off the tongue a little easier. W is not, not the easiest one. Oh, but it's a good one because it's got uh, three syllables, W, mm. whereas your first name, Tom, and last name, Clark, they're one-syllable names, same as me. That's the problem. That's true. You could have gone with Thomas. Could have. Uh, not sure I want to put that level of wankery out into the world. Uh, otherwise, people might not uh, read how I write and realise that that's exactly what I should be yeah, putting out into the say, world. Well, that level of wankery, yeah. uh, I've read your book. Yeah, and, no. uh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to be, get people in uh, before they realise. So, we, we should explain why I've got you here. So, uh, last year you published this book. Yes. Um, uh, it's uh, Melbourne Books has published it. That's how I got to meet you at a Melbourne Books function. And we'll give Melbourne Books a plug at the end <laughs> when we tell people where they can get your book. Yes. Because by that stage, everyone will want a copy. It's called Should Have Been Higher. And when you realise it's about... It's a celebration of 30 years of Triple J's Hottest 100. And I'm sure that phrase, should have been higher, every year is, uh, is uh, re re resounding across the country as people are disappointed that their favourite things should have been higher than they were. Yes, it certainly has been uh, lighting people up the last couple of weeks. Uh, should have been higher has been everywhere, which uh, has m made my book title only even more genius. 
Now, it's another genius thing about the book is every year it's going to get a little boost in interest. That's true. <laughs> Even uh, though every year it'll be slightly out of date. Slightly out of date. Yeah, that's right. So uh, how did it come about and, uh, and, and what was your whole business of doing it? Uh, I mean, it came about because I've always been a little bit uh, obsessed with the Hottest 100. I love it. It's my favorite day of the year. Um, whether it's, you know, whether it's on Australia Day or not. Uh, I love, I've always loved it. I've loved it since I was probably about 12 years old. Um, I really enjoy, I mean, I love talking about music. I love nerding out about music, but I also, the idea of putting numbers around it was always so enthralling and it gets people so invested and the debate <laughs> and the, uh, the, you know, friendly arguments um, have always been so fun and it's the middle of summer and you have a few beers with your friends and you talk about your lists and you talk about what what sucked and what was great and what we've all been missing and uh, that was what I, that's the spirit that I wanted to capture in the book uh, and you know hopefully have. And it's a good book for me because I'm not the sort of person who'll sit down and just read a book from beginning to end like a novel. I'll, I'll dip into the bits I want. So this sort of book's great for me because uh, 13 chapters and they are all got a different kind of a theme and approach and I can just dip into the one that uh, seems to appeal to me. Yeah, absolutely. Read it in whatever order you like. Exactly. Uh, and it also appeals to me because uh, as a bit of a frustrated mathematician, my first degree was <laughs> mathematics. So it's full of lists, statistics, analysis, humour, charts, trends... <laughs> All the things that I will uh, dig into. Yes, it is. It is kind of more, maybe more number heavy than anyone who knows me would have expected, because I am the furthest thing from a maths guy, but I am a massive uh, kind of sports statistics guy, which is kind of how oh, I yeah, approached yeah, 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 yeah. the countdown. Yeah. Uh, I love talking about music as that. if it's sport, and that's the hottest one hundred really allows that in a great way. So, if you were to open the book at uh, page twenty six, twenty seven, yes. you're assaulted by the most extraordinary chart that uh, would almost put you off off buying it. It's the hottest one hundred family tree, and when I saw that, I thought, "Whoa, this guy has spent hours on this chart." Yeah, I mean that was a fun one to put together. Um, you can tell that I wrote this during COVID, I think, because uh, it uh, yes, it definitely yes. shows in how much uh, time has been put into like finicky things like that. But um, yeah, the family tree is is kind of an attempt to chart how the hottest one hundred has developed from a genre kind of perspective. Which artists beget which artists beget which artists, and yeah, it kind yeah, of spirals yeah, out into yeah. you know the the kind of more dynamic countdown that we look at today. All right, I've got one quick uh, hottest one hundred story of my own because my generation, uh, well. In recent years, I listened to the chart, the, the results, and I think, I don't know any of these artists, but that's me. I'm 63 years old. Uh, I'm pleased that Kylie got a, 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 she did a, indeed. a spot this year. <laughs> she was the only one here. I'm aware of G-Flip, so we might play a G-Flip thing later on when we get it sorted out. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, oh, my Nine Inch Nails story, right. So the very first, uh, uh, my first radio station was uh, a... a Close to my home, up in the northwest of Melbourne, and uh, it's a ferry. It's a community station, suburban, uh, pretty conservative, really, in terms of the committee. And uh, anyway, I, I did my training there, and I got to do a fill-in show. My first one. It was a morning magazine program during the weekday, and this was my big test. So I was all ready, had everything ready, and I had a Hottest 100 CD with me and lots of others but that was the first one and the song I was going to play was number three on the CD all right and well this is my memory of it anyway so I had it all loaded in my time came I said hello explained who I was and I pushed play and started thinking about the next thing and I thought this isn't the song I had in mind anyway what was playing I think was track one which was the Nine Inch Nails song. What's it called? Closer or something? Closer, yeah. Closer. Yeah. Right. Clo I don't even know the name. But closer. And the opening line is something like, I want to F you like an animal. Yeah. 
I want to feel you on the inside. And mm. I just caught it as that line was starting because I thought the, the, the station manager will be listening because it's my first show. So I quickly stopped it. There was probably quite a lot of dead air as I fumbled for something else. I think I know I just moved the CD through to number three, which is where mm. I really wanted it to be. So that was my, uh, my, my triple... My, my hottest 100 experience. Saved by a slow build. I know. It could have been a disaster. <laughs> it could have been the end of my whole radio time ever. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the manager rang me towards the end of the program and said, oh, great show. You did really well. You know, it was really good. Your voice was great. I said, I, I thought to myself, if only you knew what <laughs> almost came out. Anyway, we've got four things queued up. What, what shall we do? You're, you're in charge here. We've got Kylie and Nick. We've got uh, Machine Gun Fellatio, we've got Flight of the Concords, or we've got Pauline Pants Down. Well, why don't we play Kylie? We mentioned Kylie, uh, and she's uh, her appearance this year, I think, marked 27 years since she was last in the Hottest 100, shattered the record for longest uh, time between appearances. So why don't we uh, give her a shout-out now? Yeah. Uh, here it comes. They call me the wild rose, but my name was Eliza Day. Why they call me it, I do not know. First day I saw her, I knew she was the one. She stared in my eyes, for her lips were the color of the roses that grew down the river, all bloody and wild. When he knocked on my door and entered the room, my trembling subsided in his sure embrace. He would be my first man, and with a careful at the tears that run down my face They call me the wild rose But my name was Eliza Day Why they call me that I do not know For my name was Eliza Day on the second day I brought her a flower She's more beautiful than any woman I've seen I said, do you know where the wild roses grow So sweet and scarlet and free On the second day he came with a single red rose He said, give me your loss and your sorrow My name 
3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Now, Tom, one of my favourite chapters is the very last one, chapter 16. It's called, What Haven't We Talked About Yet? And it's basically the top ten lists of all sorts of things. Now, I thought I saw in here something about Nick Cave in one of these lists. Um, You know, a song that you won't believe didn't make it or something. Yes, uh, Red Right Hand, I said, was a song that I, I can't believe didn't make it. I feel like that's a... I feel like that's kind of his, his certainly crowning achievement during the 90s, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But anyway, as I say, it's one of the few that I really would know. And uh, what are some other ones that are, uh, you can't believe missed? Oh, I mean... That's a very broad question. I, there, I mean, there are so many, literally to the point where I included this list three times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because there are so many that um, that you can't believe missed out over the last 30 years. But Kanye uh, West, I see. Yeah, Jesus Walks by Kanye. Jeff Juicy by, uh, by Biggie. Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Uh, yeah, Je- Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah. Um, you know, uh, even like sort of... Bjork. Oh, it's oh so quiet. Oh, but didn't uh, no. It's oh, this so is quiet this is the, sorry. This that was the top ten weirdest songs yeah. to make the top end of the countdown. Yeah, it's oh so quiet came fifth, <laughs> and it is uh, yeah sparkling little fairy garden of a song. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's out of a Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Anyway, so that's one of my favourite chapters. We might come back to that, but that sort of leads us to the whole what I would think would be the intention of the book. Or, or maybe the results of the book, which was chapter one, um, how Australia's music tastes have evolved over thirty years. Yes, uh, radically. Do you I have would a say. nice short conclusion to that uh, question? Uh, I mean, the the short conclusion is that they've gotten much, much more uh, colourful and diverse. Uh, certainly, in the nineties, it was all rock. All the time. Uh, everyone was a Nirvana baby and uh, everyone's interest was either Nirvana or Nirvana adjacent. It was Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Silverchair. And, uh, and see, I would suggest, and you can tell me how this has changed, but that was Australian culture from the uh, even the 60s, but certainly the 70s, which was my, when I was a teenager, 70s and 80s, and as you're saying, into the 90s. We liked rock and we liked pub rock. And, you know, while the rest of the world was discoing and getting into funk and hip-hop and all sorts of other things, we just stuck with rock. That was it. Absolutely. I mean, to the point where Australia's most popular pop band ever only got their break overseas. The Bee Gees, ah, no yeah. one in Australia liked them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. You know, they went away and they became the biggest band in the world. Still to this day, one of the highest selling bands of all time. I've done some writing on, on disco and uh, Aussie versions of disco and it took us a long time to catch on and uh, the very first disco song that ever really hit the charts in Australia was a novelty one. And we'll get Unsurprising. Into, we'll get into novelty. <laughs> it was uh, Kung Fu Fighting by go. Carl Douglas, I think his name was. He was a sort of a Jamaican guy, mm. a lot of reggae, but he dipped into a bit of uh, soul and funk. And he had a song called uh, Everybody's Disco, Everybody's Disco Fighting. You know, and it was up to this disco thing. And it took off in Australia. There you go. Uh, it was just a stupid song, but I think people liked the Kung Fu phase at the time and yeah. just bought this stupid song. You know? <laughs> that well, sounds about right. Meanwhile, Donna Summer was doing all sorts of things yeah. and we weren't all that interested. Anyway, 
So how has it changed? Has it changed from the 90s? Well, significantly. You know, there's uh, so much more uh, pop music to many people's uh, chagrin, but there's also, you know, there's a lot of uh, hip-hop now. There's a lot more electronic music. You know, Flume has been, you know, one of the most popular artists in Australia for the last decade. Uh, Hilltop Hoods have been, you know, dominating from an... A, you know, white boy rap perspective. Uh, and then, you know, this year's countdown, uh, the winner was Doja Cat, an American rapper and singer who is, uh, you know, very alternative in her own way, but who dominates mainstream charts now just through kind of sheer force of will, I think. And, um, you know, and then, you know, several Australian pop artists that did extremely well this year, G Flip being the headline. So that's what has changed. Why has it changed? Why are we suddenly more uh, international and uh, and varied in our tastes? Uh, I mean, I think there's definitely still, you know, there's still that underlying Australian love of, you know, some easy listening pub rock styles. You know, Spacey Jane has been very popular. Lime Cordial has been very popular the last few years. But I think just people have so much more access beyond... Mm. kind of Australian typical radio and, and what's played in pubs. Um, people can listen to whatever they want. Different stuff goes gangbusters online and people latch onto it. Um, artists themselves have a much bigger platform to reach people uh, and to, to be weird and to experiment with stuff. And uh, I think people's listening habits are influenced by the fact that they have so much more choice. And our live scene, especially here in Melbourne, is still pretty pretty active. And uh, on any given evening, especially on the weekend, you can go to many places and hear many different types of live music. Absolutely. I mean, certainly around here, there's, you know, dozens of live venues. Um, and it's not all pub rock. No, and it is not all pub rock. Absolutely not. Um, it's, you know, increasingly um, becoming just this kind of incredible melting pot of genres, which is really enjoyable and, and fun. So what happened this year? Uh, a week ago, in fact. A week ago. Uh, yeah, so Doja Cat wins. Uh, she was reasonably well expected to win, I think. Um, but then there were a bunch of Australians who were in with a running. Uh, Dom Dollar is a, an electronic artist who did very well. He came in at three and four. Uh, Troy Sivan, who's been kicking around for a while and done very, very well overseas, had a Cracker album, which scored three songs this year, including Rush at number eight. But uh, yeah, definitely the headline was G Flip, seven songs of her Cracker album, Drummer, uh, shattering the, the a record that I genuinely thought would never be broken. Uh, Wolf Mother scored six songs all the way back in 2005, and that record has now been broken. Yeah, okay. Well, we're going to try see if we can play a G-Flip thing. Uh, if it doesn't work, I'll push a different button and we'll hear something else. But uh, all you need to do is push go. See how we go, eh? Hallelujah.
All right, that might be where that one comes to an end. That's G Flip with one of their seven songs that made this year's Hottest 100. How about that? Um, So my name is John A. Tate. We're here on Rotations and we're digging into the history of the Hottest 100, which I know originates from a different radio station. It's an ABC one, but that's all right. We're all friends with the ABC and uh, at least it's not one of those commercial places that play extremely boring music. Um, You listen to any FM station, Tom, that's uh, commercial they play in the same old stuff from the 60s and 70s, which is nice when I'm sitting in my spa doing nothing, but really it's, it's a bit tame, isn't it? Fairly, it can get fairly repetitive, yeah. Anyway, we mentioned uh, novelty and Australia's love of a novelty song. And uh, it's uh, right back to my era, the 60s and 70s, you got things like uh, uh, Joe Dolce, Shut Up Your Face, Shut Up Your Face. That was an international hit that originated from Melbourne and it kept songs like, you know, ABBA and all those off number one spot in Australia and other countries. I think it was number one in in England. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's what Australians love. Well, they did in those days and probably still to a degree. Um, Why is that? You've you've done a whole chapter on that. Yeah, the why is... uh it's probably not something I've really got to understand yet. I mean, the easy answer is that Australians love joking and larrikinism, and it's a part, it's a very deep seated part of Australian culture, I think. But the- chapter five, you've done a bit of a Seinfeld and says, What's the deal with all the novelty songs? <laughs> uh, yeah, and the deal with all the novelty songs is they are inexplicable and everywhere throughout the history of the Hottest 100 there from from, from very year start one year all one the way to now what was the year one winner asshole by Dennis Leary <laughs> is the very first Hottest 100 winner uh, some DJ comedian guy from the states yep wrote this uh, kind of clever piece it's got its jokes there some of them are okay uh, a comedian from the states who I think quite notoriously stole a bunch of his jokes, not arsehole as far as I know, but uh, <laughs> was constantly in uh, disputes with other comedians over plagiarism, and he oh, is the really? person who managed to somehow win the first yeah, Hottest right. 100. Uh, that's Aussies for you, uh, you love a novelty song. The first time you hear it, you think, oh, that's funny, that's clever. And then the hundredth time it's on the radio, you're thinking, oh, change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so a more recent example, and quite political, I suppose, was the Pauline Pants Down thing. Can you give us some background to that? Yeah, so... Because we're going to play it in a minute, I warn people. uh, Mid-90s, I believe this... the, the, The incident in question happened in 95, and uh, so a, a, an Australian, I think Melbourne based, um, comic slash activist uh, decides to um, send up Australia's most controversial politician at the time, uh, Pauline Hanson, by uh, dressing up as a character uh, named Pauline Pantsdown and chopping up and remixing actual sound bites from Pauline Hanson uh, in the media and in the Senate um, into songs that made her sound even more of a deranged maniac. Uh, so what's the legality of such a thing? You know, you, you, people often talk about sampling and so forth, but this is sampling at another level. Well, uh, that is kind of... Uh, that was the question that was asked in, in 1995. Um, this song... Um, was was uh, Pauline Hanson got an injunction, uh, got an injunction against uh, the song, and it meant that uh, even though Backdoor Man came fifth in the 1995 Hottest 100, it was not allowed to be played on the radio. It's the only time that Triple J has not been able to play a song that made the Hottest 100. Not only did it make it, it was number five. It was number top five. Ten. Um, yeah, and uh, and Pauline Hanson did make. 
the countdown again in uh, in 1998, and they were allowed to play that one. So oh, okay. either Pauline had just moved on, or she uh, didn't manage to get the same level of legal protection. Maybe oh, she wouldn't have been in jail. Was it by the that same point. song made it twice? No, it was a different song. Oh, okay. uh, it was a new one uh, called "I Don't Like It." Oh, but it was more. Uh, but oh, maybe was, that's uh, what I've got very here. Very similar. That might be what I've got. You here. might not be allowed to play "Backdoor Man" still no. to this day. I no. actually don't know. It's not on. Uh, Spotify or anything like that. But yeah. um, all right, I've got. I don't like it, so it's still relevant. I'll play it. It goes for three minutes twenty-one. If we get a bit sick of it, I might fade it out. But we'll, we'll see what happens. If you are seeing me now, it means that I don't like it. When you turn my voice about, I don't like it. When you vote one nation out, my language has been murdered. My language has been murdered. My shopping trolley murdered. My groceries just gone. I don't like it. When you've turned my voice about, I don't like it. When you've voted one nation out, my language has been murdered. My language has been murdered. My shopping trolley murdered. My groceries just gone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Racist, rubbish, racist, hate. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Racist, rubbish, racist, feel the heat. I don't like it when um, railway lines are white. I don't like it when um, day becomes night. My language has been murdered. My language has been murdered. My shopping trolley murdered. My groceries just gone. I don't like it. No, 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 I don't. Never did. I don't like it. I don't like anything, anything, anything. I don't like it. No, 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 I don't. Nowhere near. I don't like it. I don't like anything, anything. Please explain. Why can't my blood be coloured white? I should talk to some medical doctors. Coloured blood is just not right. I don't like anything. I can't do anything about it. But I like dancing. I like the disco. Because I left my heart in San Francisco. Feel the heat on the street. Dance to the beat. Get up your feet. Feel the heat on the street. Dance to the beat. Get down, get down, down, down. I don't like anything except I like Neil Diamond. Yeah. Let's go. Dance, let's go. Dance, let's go. Nation, not a chance. Let's go. Dance, let's go. Dance, out of my tree, out of my branch. I don't like it. No, 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 I don't. Never did. I don't like it. I don't like anything, anything, anything. I don't like it. No, 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 I don't. I don't care. I don't like it. I don't I don't like a puppet without strings. There's a muppet in the wings and it's saying racist things. I won't cop that. No way. Well, we we covered a fair bit of that. (laughs) And I've got to confess, we were both giggling about it. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) I think it still holds up. I've got to say how clever that is. That would take hours and Mm. weeks and months to put together, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Worth it, I think. Anyway... Do you remember what number that one reached? 60-ish. Yeah, 60s. You're incredible. You're like an encyclopedia (laughs) of uh, Hottest 100. I don't need the book. I can just ring you and ask you a question. Yeah, look, 3,000 songs is uh, taking up, I've got to say, way more space in my brain than uh, could be necessary. I'm sure I could learn several languages if I just... 3,000. I suppose 30 years, of course. 30 years times 100, Um, 3,000. Yeah, I'm sure if I got, you know, just a hottest 100 ectomy, I could just use my brain so much so much better. But this is what I've got. Let's churn through a few quickly, because we're uh, coming up to 20 minutes <laughs> to. We've got 20 minutes to go. We've played a few. Uh, and um, let's see what we can do. So we're, we're on the novelty theme. Let's, um, well, comedy, Flight of the Concords. Can I play one there? There's lots to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us who Flight of the Concords are for our listeners who don't know. Fly of the Concords are a New Zealand duo. Uh, they started in the mid-2000s. They got a TV show over in the States where uh, they, they did a show with Arj Barker that was very, very funny and ran for a few years. Uh, and they are kind of a folk pop duo who occasionally dilly-dally in some fake New Zealand hip-hop. It's uh, a whole mishmash of stuff. Um but they are very, very funny guys. Very funny. Very intelligent. Uh, my kids introduced me to them from the <laughs> TV show. 
And uh, who's that other New Zealand comedian who's in there too? Reese Darby. Oh, yes. he is the he's my one of my favourite <laughs> actors in the world. He, he's done so many good things. But anyway, so uh, he was in that show. So we've got a few songs we could have chosen. My favourite is uh, this one, which is uh, "Too Many Dicks on the Dance Floor." Yes, "Too Many Dicks on the Dance Floor." One of uh, three songs off this record that made the hottest one hundred. quick finish which always gets the DJs doesn't it <laughs> Flight of the Concords that was that one uh, we better talk Taylor Swift eh why not because ev- she's everywhere at the moment absolutely biggest not, not pop star just, in the world not just for a pop starness though but for her overall celebrityness. absolutely yeah at the moment uh, it's all Super Bowl Yes, yeah, she, uh, so- somehow the NFL needed a, a bigger boost, and uh, <laughs> apparently Taylor Swift has given them it. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what's her history? Now, there's an extraordinary history for Taylor Swift in, uh, in the Hottest 100, and probably a great trivia question would be, how many times has Taylor Swift made the charts? Uh, I mean, the answer is, is zero. Uh, I would imagine Taylor Swift's Actual, her, her own music is likely to always be at zero. Uh, I'd be surprised if she snuck in there, but it's well, always don't, possible. Don't, don't our voters like her? No, they definitely do. Uh, it just has never quite been Triple J's vibe. Uh, and yeah, yeah notoriously, uh, she, was, she was banned from uh, the 2014 Hottest 100. Let's go back a sec. So Triple J, I, I don't listen to these days. Uh, although I would have a button in my car, but is is Taylor Swift never played on Triple J? No. Okay. No. All right. So why was she banned? What's going on there? So 2014, uh, BuzzFeed is at the peak of their powers online. They decide to try to hack the Hottest 100, uh, and they choose as their weapon of choice "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift. And so they start an online campaign and they try to get Taylor Swift into the Hottest 100. Um, they're, they're tired, I suppose, of the uh, elitism of the uh, <laughs> Triple J's anti-pop stance, 
Uh, and so they try to get Taylor Swift into the Hot 100. They do an extremely good job. Apparently, if uh, if Shake It Off had been allowed into the Hot 100 that year, it would have come 12th. Uh, but right before that countdown started, uh, the announcer comes on and says, Hey, I know you're all really excited to find out what our decision is here, but because uh, BuzzFeed tried to cheat, uh, we are banning this song and it will not be played today. Um and so Shake It Off did not make the Hottest 100, and Taylor Swift has not appeared since. Now, my favourite chapter in your book is probably the silliest chapter of all. Definitely. Uh, chapter 11, it's titled, What are the Ultimate What-Ifs from Hottest 100 History? And it's a sliding doors kind of a chapter. Um, so just tell me briefly what this chapter is all about. Uh, so it's definitely the silliest chapter of the book. It definitely was the most fun to write. <laughs> uh, it um, Effectively, the idea is, yeah, sliding doors, um, took a few what-ifs from uh, Hottest 100 history and sort of spun them out in the most extreme way possible to see what real-world consequences might have come from those. Uh, a couple of the what-ifs that I looked at were... What if, uh, what if the avalanches had never gone on hiatus? Uh, what if um, uh, well, let's Coolio follow, had let's follow through the Taylor Swift one. Okay. What if Taylor Swift hadn't been disqualified from the Hottest 100? So in the Tom W. Clark world, what would have changed? Uh, Donald Trump would not have become the U.S. president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, and how did you reach that mm, uh, end point? How did I reach that end point? What a question. Um, <laughs> in this version of events, um, <laughs> uh, Triple J relinquishes their uh, decision-making to the people, and the people in the world's greatest democracy vote Taylor Swift into the top 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the most fantastical part of this is that Taylor Swift actually gets on the radio with Triple J, which would uh, yeah. be extremely unlikely. Uh, and she talks to the presenters there, and they uh, inspire her with the power of uh, democracy. And she then uh, is, says, is, says here, a little over a year later, yes, the 2016 U.S. presidential election is in full swing. I'm reading here from your chapter. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are gripped in a vicious battle for the very soul of America. One day, despite her well-established history of avoiding politics, Taylor Swift decides to make a stand. Did I write that? That's excellent. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's well written. She throws her enormous influence behind the Clinton campaign, (laughs) remembering the time a humble Australian radio station taught her the importance of democracy. Swift's contribution is enough to swing the incredibly tight election, and Donald Trump is never given access to nuclear weapons. (laughs) I like that world. Yeah, that, it seems a lot parallel better. universe. Now, we mentioned Pauline Hanson. Here's another one. What if Pauline Pantsdown won the Hottest 100, as she nearly did? Almost. What's your conclusion there? Uh, what was the conclusion? I think John Howard loses the... See, I sprung this on you, but I've got yeah, the book in front of me. Uh, I don't read the book often enough. I'll go, I'll go to the last paragraph. Uh, something about John Howard. He... Uh, the sight of a federal politician throwing public tantrums over a viral mockery has become fairly accepted practice today. But in the 90s, eh, Pauline is humiliated. One Nation Party is disbanded in disgrace. Uh. And Australian conservatives put their <laughs> tails between their legs and try to keep out of the spotlight for a while. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the opposite happened. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's Chapter 11. Um, yeah, we're, we're coming... We're coming into land. Ten minutes to go. Let's do a quick song. What was I was going to do? I was going to do the White Stripes. Um, so you know the bit of trivia about uh, Seven Nation Army song. Yeah, that's uh, in my that's in my book. Oh yeah. <laughs> it uh, that riff, which we'll hear in a moment, is uh, was written at the uh, Bridge Hotel in Richmond uh, during a sound check. There you go. Doing a sound check. She said, how does this sound? And everyone said, that's really good. You should make a song out of that. Amazing. Uh, that's right. Let's do it. This is a 45 single. Oh, I know what I've done. That's the riff. Yeah. 
stripes. I still love it. It's killer. <laughs> uh, what did that do on the on the hottest one hundred? Number three Whoa. in two thousand three, which uh, I believe they just replayed. The two thousand three hottest one hundred. Oh, okay. Over on Double J. Yeah, a couple of quick questions because we were yes. running out of time. Uh, one of the things you do in the book is uh, mention the best hottest one hundred year ever. Yes. What was your conclusion? Twenty sixteen. Uh, 2016, the year of uh, January 26th by AB Original, uh, the year of Flume's uh, crowning as Australia's electronic king, uh, dominated that year, four songs, one with Never Be Like You. Um, just a brilliant year as far as all the kind of heavy hitters that we've come to expect in the last sort of decade of the Hottest 100 were there and in top form. Um Really diverse group of artists, lots of really fun music at the top. Um, just, yeah, just a really cracker year. And uh, I think the most kind of modern Hottest 100 that uh, that we've got, very something for everyone in that one. I've made an executive decision. I think we, uh, we talked about Taylor Swift. I don't think we'll play her. Uh, we'll finish off with Flume. Uh, I, don't, I know nothing about Flume. Aren't they producers or something? Yeah, Flume's a producer. Um, he was discovered by Triple J uh, way back in 2011 um, and has really just been massively supported by Triple J the whole time that he's been around. He has won the Hottest 100 twice, one of only two artists that's done that. Um, and he he ended up in my Hall of Fame in the um, in my book. Uh, Got to be pretty close to uh, taking the top spot pretty soon, I would think. I'll start playing it as a little bit of a bed, but we'll keep talking because it goes for nearly four minutes and we're just about down to four minutes left. What's this song called? This is Never Be Like You. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, 2016 winner. Ah. Oh, that's the year we were just talking about. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. We've been planning this for a few months, haven't yeah. we? We finally got to do finally. it. Finally, yes. Uh, but I think... I think it's a great book. I love it. It's Thank e- you. It's everything I love about this sort of stuff. It's nerdy. It's interesting. It's funny. Thank you. There are lots of laughs in there, so it's entertaining to read. If anybody wants to get a copy, what do you reckon they should do? Look, it's all over the shop. I think it's in a lot of bookstores still, but uh, if you're looking for a signed, personalised copy, you can go to my website, www.tomwclark.com, and... Tell me what you what you what you love, what you hated about the Hottest 100, and I'll write you a little oh. message and uh, sign it for you. So well, that's a good offer. The other thing that you can do is you can go straight to the publisher. People forget this. Yes. If you're looking for a book, that, that, you know you know what it is, and you know who the publisher is. In this case, it's Melbourne Books, who are a subscriber to 3CR, business mm. subscriber. Uh, you can just contact publisher through their website and they'll you know you can buy one direct mm-hmm. that's good for the publisher because they don't have to they cut out the middleman definitely <laughs> but it's also good for the author because the author will get the full whack of royalty yeah. from it so that's good too all right we'll leave it at that i'll, I'll turn this up a little bit and uh next show on air is going to be uh queering the air at three o'clock thank you tom thank you for having me My sins for you